Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Danielle Rodeutchen, and welcome to the latest edition of the ASOS podcast, My Big Idea. Today, I'm talking to Farron Krenzel. Farron is an editor-at-large for Elle magazine in the US and a contributing style editor at Yahoo. She was Nylon Magazine's first ever digital director and the founder of Fashionista.com. In 2014, Farron illustrated The Craft, a beauty and fashion book by Lou Teasdale that topped bestseller lists worldwide. Farron's writing has appeared in the New York Times, Teen Vogue, Vogue Vogue.com, and loads of other titles. Her illustrations, which you can see on her popular Tumblr feed, have been featured by Topshop, Clarins, and Bleach London, among others. She also tells me that last week, Rihanna told her she was cute. Here's Farron's big idea. Hi, Farron. Hey, Danielle. Thanks for coming here to ASOS in London. I'm so excited. I've always wanted to know what this place looked like. I kind of thought it was like a chocolate factory, but with clothes. So it's kind of even better. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You're actually here to talk about your amazing career. And normally in this series, we actually talk about girls who have started their own business. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. But with you, I felt like there were actually... You haven't got your own business as such, but you've done loads and loads of other... You've done loads of different things all of which have been amazingly successful. (laughs) And I think loads of girls would be really interested to hear about how you did it, what you've done, how you did it, and any pieces of advice you could give um, to help other aspiring journalists, illustrators. Well, you're kind of a multi-hyphenate, so why don't you go ahead and tell me a bit about what you do and a bit about your background. um, Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I feel like part of why I try and do so many things is because... I think it's important for young women to realize that they don't have to keep themselves inside of a box. Um, They don't have to be just one thing in their careers. They don't have to be just one thing in their lives. And um, I think there's been this thread in pop culture and probably in, you know, society and regular culture that you've got to be, you can either be smart or pretty. You can either be sexy or successful. Um, And that's not true. And I feel like part of the reason that... Am I allowed to swear or not? We don't know. Depends what the swear word is, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, part of the reason that I say F it all the time is because I don't think that young women should ever be forced to choose between things that they really like to do. Um... So tell us, where where are you from? Sure. Okay, sorry. That wasn't a real answer. No, no. It's really, really interesting. Sorry, guys. Go for it. (laughs) I'm going to try and give you as much information as possible. It's all good. Uh, I am from a little town in Massachusetts called Andover. Uh, It's about 20 minutes outside of Boston. Um, My parents are from New York City. And so growing up... And that's where you live now, right? That's where I live now. And work there now as well? I live downtown. I work downtown. I am all about New York. Um, But because my parents were from this huge city and they lived in this teeny little town we never really fit in you know we always sort of were like a little bit more artsy I remember when I was in middle school which I guess I don't middle school for all of you British people is like when you're like 12 13 and we had this beautiful photograph in our living room and it was of a naked woman 
big deal, right? But when my friends who had been raised in this teeny little town would come over, they would get really freaked out. And I feel like that story is sort of, you know... Why would they get freaked out by a naked woman? Because we're 12 and they didn't oh, grow okay. up with, you know, nude artwork in their house. Oh, was it quite conservative? I don't, I don't think they knew they were conservative and I certainly don't think that they... Were you embarrassed by it? I was embarrassed that they thought I was weird. Or that they thought my family was like perverted or like in a in an art cult or you know anything like that. Um, I was never embarrassed by the photograph because it was it was by a photographer named Joyce Tennyson. She's great. You guys should check so, her out. So do you think? So obviously now a, lot, a massive part of what you do is um, visually led. I know, for example, your Tumblr feed, which is hugely popular and yeah. really beautiful, oh, um, <laughs> contains a lot of illustrations, well, mainly illustrations yeah. done by you, by yourself, and they're done, I think you do them by hand. I with, do do them by hand. A and lot then you of people, scan them in? Or? Yeah, so I do the whole thing. A lot of people ask me this on Tumblr. Um, I do the illustrations entirely by hand. It's a mixture of ink, and a lot of times it's nail polish. And how long have you been doing that? <laughs> um... Since I was a little kid, but, but the, Tumblr. the Tumblr is like three years old, I want to say, maybe four. What is it? Well, I'm kind of interested to know why it's become such a massive thing. And you have so many followers and they're really engaged and they comment a lot. Um, and I know they email you and they write the to you. Yeah. It's like you've got a little Tumblr fan club. Yeah, so what it's, is, it's really what's awesome. What's its appeal? I mean, I think the pictures are really beautiful, but what do you think is its... How has it become so successful? Um, I think it's become successful for two reasons. I think the first thing is because the pictures always have a message about girl power and being cool and, you know, but being cool in your own way. And there's a lot of posts about, you know, boys sucking and lying, which I think every girl can relate to. Um, and I think that people really like seeing seeing things that are beautiful and pretty and have lots of fashion in them but also don't take themselves too seriously and also tell you that it's awesome to be smart um, I also think it's, I mean this is just my idea but I feel like it has a lot of your personality in there and a lot of the times the girls are relating to you even though the photos, there's no photos of you on there necessarily. No, see I, I don't know, that I feel like I guess I feel like if people really related to me I would have a lot more followers on Instagram, you know, like I think, um, it's interesting how I you flashed onto Tumblr rather than Instagram yeah. in the first place. Um, um, but so like, what is it about the Tumblr platform particularly that appeals to you so much? Just that I love Instagram, but your pictures are all really small and they're all the same size. And with Tumblr as an artist, um, there's a lot of room, you know, you can show people something up close which I love because I love detail. And right. also, if you check out the illustrations and the paintings and the collages, they're really jam-packed with stuff. Yeah, um, no, they're so, absolutely Yeah, I think stunning. it's better to see them up close. And how do you think it's helped you? Does, has it given you any breaks in your career? Or what? Is yeah, it well, okay, your, so... like, online TV? How's it helped you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's gotten me on the ASOS podcast, <laughs> which to date is probably one of the highlights tough. of my entire life. So, <laughs> so totally. Um... And I wasn't being sarcastic. I really mean that. Well, thank you. Um, I don't think you guys know how much of your stuff I wear and how much I love your magazine. And the first Yay. interview I ever did with Cara Delevingne was when I was at Nylon and she had just come off her big stint as an ASOS model. And we talked a lot about it. Um, so, 
so okay so the other reason I think it's so popular <laughs> indirectly but kind of directly is because of One Direction um, so you might have to explain to yeah, the audience so, how okay. that works alright so <laughs> so there's <laughs> I love that. Your career is... Your, the success of your so Tumblr is because of One Direction. Basically, I'm Zayn's secret girlfriend. Uh, no, okay. That is so not... Someone's okay. going to sound clip that and think it's a thing. You know they'll kick off on Twitter about that. Rock on, so anyway, yeah. yeah. Have okay. a good time, kids. All right, so here's the deal. Um, I was putting up the illustrations for myself and for my friends because they would come over to my apartment and see stuff on my coffee table and be like, you guys, why don't more people know about this? Um, then all of a sudden I started noticing that I got a crazy amount of likes and comments and I had no idea what was going on. And then I went on Twitter and my Twitter was blowing up and I had no idea what was going on. And it was from, I got a tweet from this woman named Lou Teasdale. I didn't really know who she was. Her name sounded familiar, but I had no idea. It turns out that she was One Direction's hair, makeup, grooming, everything at the time. Um, and she's also involved with Bleach London, which is a salon that I love. Um, I think it is so cool. And when was this? Just It was two years ago. Okay. It, yeah, it was two years ago. And it really just started blowing up. And a couple weeks later, I got an email from her because um, she DM'd me and said, what's your email? How did she know about you? She said that someone... We've talked about this many times and we have no idea. Oh, it was, was truly, one of those mysterious truly the power that you can never figure out. She yep. says that somebody else gram, you know, like re-tumbled something I'd made and she saw it and started asking people if they knew me. Um, so she DM'd me on Twitter, said, what's your email? And she said, I'm doing this book. Uh, it's going to be called The Craft. It's not about witches. It's about <laughs> alternative hair and beauty and DIY style. I really want you to work on it with all of us and illustrate it and, you know, get involved. And I said, yeah, cool, sure. She said, great, I'm going to be in America, you know, in a couple weeks. Can you come and, and start doing this with us? And it, I had just left Nylon. It was the perfect time for me to take on, you know, a bigger project and I said, sure. So what were you doing for the book? She was writing it. So she was coming up with all of the hair and makeup looks. She right. was styling all the girls. And if you guys look at the book, most of the girls you might recognize because they are either friends, girlfriends, or sisters. Yeah. Of I remember when it came out, we were all obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Gemma Styles um, is in the book. Yeah, we love uh, her. Kara Rose Marshall is on the cover of the book. Yeah. Uh, they're great girls. Um, Lottie Tomlinson is there. And so uh, Lou said, you know, can you meet me in America? And I said, sure. Completely not realizing, because I was just in my own little glitter world, that the whole reason she was going to be in America is because she was on tour with, like, the biggest pop group in the world. Wow. And yeah, so I so you showed joined up. them on tour. So I showed up for a meeting. So you went on tour with One Direction, is what you're saying? I wasn't like living on the tour bus, at, you know, or anything like that. Basically, I would show up at different stops, and Lou and I would work. You know, it was like one of those things where the boys would have a press day in New York, or the boys would have a music video shoot, and or the boys would be at the 
video music awards and she'd be like just come to this hotel here's the password it was totally like almost famous so that's how you got in with a password yeah you had to get in with a you had to get in with a password um and so i know that my colleagues will kill me if i don't ask you this sure. but do you have any good gossip about harry or zane I have tons of good gossip, and none of it is going on a podcast. (laughs) Um, Everybody was super gracious and super lovely and super awesome to me and made room for me during a very chaotic time in everyone's lives where they were literally sleeping in a different city every night. And um, there's no way that I would disrespect that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Sorry, but I really, really like them. I will say that. So They're you went on awesome. tour with them, and then yeah. as a result, afterwards, you published the book. Um, Lou published the book, yeah. And how did that, how did it change your life? Did you find that it led to new career opportunities? It was interesting because it was much bigger here than it was in the U.S., just because of, you know, Lou herself is a celebrity in, in the U.K. Right. Um, I got a lot of phone calls from people who didn't know that I could draw, you know, who always knew me as a journalist, which was really cool. But I think the real way, the big way that it changed my life is it connected me to even more girls all over the world. Girls that I never would have been able to give advice to, to, you know. How are these girls um, contacting you? Online. They leave, they send me direct messages on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr. Um, Yeah, they're pretty, and every once in a while in London and then now now in New York you know a 13 or a 14 year old girl will come up to me and say are you fair and then can I take a picture with you? I know I love it and I'm, I'm like I'm really sorry like I'm gonna look you're gonna look like you're posing with a Muppet basically it's gonna be like you went to Fraggle Rock and found a girl no they love um <laughs> what so talking about because obviously you do a lot of freelance work yeah. I'm just going to stand up and pick up my piece of paper, which have floated down. Yeah, the floor. guys, Danielle just lost all of her notes, so now I'm going to freestyle. I can't freestyle. I could ad lib. If I could, I have done that, but I would do that better. right now. Anyway, back to the chat. So, <laughs> freelancing. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you do the Tumblr and you do the book, and I know that you do a few other things as well. For example, you um, you help launch um, Fashionista.com. Yeah. Um, which I think is amazing. Um, and how did you get that gig? And what was it like working on the launch? Well, working on a launch is something that I hope that everyone listening who wants to do something creative gets to do because you don't have a precedent. And it means that you just have to get to the edge of the best possible cliff you can find and then jump and see what happens. Um, Fashionista was interesting because uh, I'm old and... <laughs> Never. I mean, I, but kind of, because I don't know if you guys can imagine a time before blogs, but Fashionista came about because there wasn't a place on the internet to go talk about fashion. There was style.com. So when are we talking? Which year was this? 2008. Right. It was two- ages ago. What's up, Way 2008? Back in 2008? Yeah. Um, it was 2008. No, it was never mind. Rewind. It was 2000. It was the very end of 2006 when we started. Style.com existed and was wonderful and was a real encyclopedia of models and shows. 
But at the time, Style.com was still posting runway reviews and pictures from the runway show the day after the show happened. Nobody it's crazy, was, right? You can hardly believe that now. No, of course yeah. not. Nobody was having any fun, I felt. You know, everyone was very serious about fashion. And the only blog that really existed that people were talking about was Perez Hilton. And I actually know him. I've known him for a while. I really like him personally. But if you're not into that style of snark and, you know, celebrity, um, then there really wasn't anything out there. You know, magazines hadn't really gotten their act together yet and set up their own websites in any meaningful way. So Fashionista came about because I had another blog that I set up on WordPress, sort of a secret blog. It wasn't really, I, I never put my name on it, but it was about fashion and girls and New York and, and it got really popular really quickly, kind of out of nowhere. So you were just doing that off your own back? Just on my own. Yeah. It was and it just, was fashion news? It was fashion news, but it was also, I was working for, um, I was working, who was I working for at the time? I was writing for New York Magazine, um, just as like a fashion reporter at the time, and I was doing work with um, with The Daily, which you guys have for London Fashion Week here too. We had our own in New York. And I just got really overwhelmed because when you're young and you're starting out and all of a sudden you're at a fashion show, it's the coolest thing ever and you almost feel, I almost felt like I didn't deserve it, you know? And so I just needed a way to process what I was seeing. So I started just writing about, it was sort of gossip girly, but it wasn't me and it was just sort of like this lost girl, you know, in this world that everyone said they wanted to belong to, but nobody really knew what it was like. And it got really popular. And um, the editor-in-chief of Gawker called me and she said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving Gawker. I'm starting a blog network. Do you want to start a fashion blog? And I said no. What's her, who, who's that? Her name is Elizabeth Spires. Right. Um, so she contacted you. She contacted me. And that was? Out of nowhere. The launch know, fashionista. I never met her. And she said, Can, do you want to start a fashion blog? And that's I, just because she'd seen your other website, presumably. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I said no, because I read Gawker and I loved Gawker, but I did not want to do fashion Gawker. And she said, okay, well, what if you tell me 10 stories you'd want to do? I told her, she gave me more money than I'd ever been. I couldn't believe someone was paying me a livable salary to write online about fashion. And, um, and we just launched it. And we got all of these, we had a lot of help. Um, people that either liked me or were just like super amused by the fact that we were going rogue and launching our own fashion site. So the first day we launched with a lot of news. We broke a lot of fashion news and we also had interviews with great people. Like Agnes Dean was on there the first week, I want to say. Tinsley Mortimer, who at the time was like this huge, she was sort of like the Kim Kardashian of New York at the time. She was on there. We had a great time. And um, and it just sort of blew up. And it still does really well it does. today. And it's yeah. got a really good reputation and it still breaks a lot of news. Um, what I want to know is why did you, well, how long did you stay there and why did you not stay there? I stayed from 2006 to 2008 and then I got bored. And I started getting resentful. I was the only person doing it. I knew that I wanted to do more than just be a blogger. And I knew that because I was at the very top of this masthead, 
I wasn't learning what I wanted to be learning about journalism, about designer relations, about celebrity relations. You know, I didn't know how to pick up the phone and call so, someone. So how did you, when you, after you left, yeah. how did you remedy all that? How did I you take yourself forward? I okay. went to Nylon right away. Uh, so this was Nylon Digital? Nylon I, I was the first digital creative director at Nylon. I built our social networks. Um, I helped them. We made like huge partnerships with Apple and YouTube and I, I was super involved in those. And again, that was very much, you were just there for the launch and maybe for a short while after we were that. The, I mean, we were the first magazine to do any of that, you know, to pair with Instagram. How long were you at Nylon? Five years. Wow, so that was quite a long stint. It was, I feel like I grew up, you know, I feel like, I feel like fashionista was high school and Nylon was college. What are the main <laughs> things that you learned from working on uh, Nylon online? Wow, that's a wonderful question. Um, I learned to listen to your readers. Um, you know, they'll tell you what they want to see and what they want to read. I also learned not to listen to your readers <laughs> because sometimes um, the reason that people are looking to you is partly to feel connected to you, but also partly to, to learn something. Um, I learned how to be a good boss because in the beginning I was a very bad boss. You know, I came in like like a wrecking ball. Sorry, Miley, but I really did. I mean, I had clothes on, but like, <laughs> um, you know, I was like, hey, I'm Farron. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it right now. You know, I didn't listen to anyone. I was so used to being on my own, and I also have this really clear vision for what the website and what the web presence of Nylon needed to look like. And our editor-in-chief, this guy named Marvin Scott Jarrett, he had been my creative mentor for years. And so he really gave me the reins. And I, I really ran all over people in the beginning. And we got a lot done, you know, on the site. It, it really did get overhauled and, and made so much better in a short amount of time. But it also made a lot of people really stressed out at work and uh, it took me that first year to realize that protecting your team and nurturing your team is just as important as accomplishing what you want to accomplish even if that's what you're being paid to do because if you don't have a great team one you have I don't think you have anything and two even if your team isn't as whatever as you are you don't want to show up and feel like nobody has your back at work. Yeah. And what, so now you're freelance, is that yeah. right? And how does that work? Do you have an agent or I how, should, do you right? just hustle? <laughs> do you find uh, that one thing leads to another thing? Or how, yeah, I mean, how do you not worry about where your paycheck's going to come from at the end of the month? Well, if we're going to be really honest, and this is something that you guys should all hear, um, no job, it doesn't, um, no job is secure. Especially if we're going into a creative field. You know, we could all lose our jobs tomorrow. We have all lost our jobs tomorrow, so to speak, at some point, you know? And, um, and so I, I think job security is often an illusion, um, especially in creative fields. Magazines fold so quickly now. You know, newspapers get reorganized, mergers happen, media networks get bought. It's, it's so for people who do want to go freelance, do you think then, and you, so you don't have an agent, but do you think that's good advice to get one? Or do you think you can just go out there on your own and hustle? What's your advice? I think that 
I think that the way to go freelance, and for those of you that are you know, still in school and aren't really sure what that means, so freelance means that you are working for yourself. It means that you take assignments from publications or from movie studios or from whatever, but you don't go to work every day at the same place. And sometimes it's true, that means you're not going to work anywhere. Um, but I think that um, if you are at a point in your career, first of all, I don't think you should be freelance right out of school. Even if you're some phenomenally beautiful, cool what, fashion Why is that? Blocker. Because you, why do you think office experience is important? I think or? it's so important because I think that no matter how talented you are, if you can't work with other people and you can't be learn how to respect someone else's vision, you know, and, and work with someone else's standards, first of all, you won't get better. And second of all, you're, you're going to be in for a pretty bad awakening when you show up on a photo shoot set, you know, for a magazine that wants to shoot you or for a campaign and everyone, you know, you think you call the shots and, and really you don't. Um, you know, the people who are paying you call the shots on those types of things. And if you look at the people that I think are the most respected, standalone, freelance, you know, fashion journalists, Susie Bubble, she started at Dazed and Confused, you know, she's worked everywhere before she did her own thing. The girls at Who, What, Where, the women at Who, What, Where, sorry, Hillary and Catherine, they were both at All Magazine. You know, everyone who has the Refinery29 crew, they have incredible resumes. Anyone who goes out on their own thing and really makes their mark, those people know that learning from the best is the first way to being the best. Right. And so you've done so many different things. Yeah, sorry. I what, feel like no, this, yeah, it's all super I interesting. Wanna, I'm like, I could just sit here and listen to you all day. Okay? <laughs> um, I was just going to say which one was your favorite, and then in terms of the future, what haven't you done yet that you would still like to do? Oh, man. Um, okay, so so which job was my favorite? Yeah, or job or project. Oh, whatever. That's no way. Um, <laughs> I mean, no. I you feel can't like, choose. It's like asking you to choose a favorite child. Yeah, pretty much. It's like this. So I love interviewing. I interview people for L.com. That's mostly my job. Is now I run around to fashion shows. And that's what you've been doing here in London. That's what I've been doing in London. Covering the shows for L. Yeah, US, I run yeah. backstage. I talk to models. I talk to designers. I talk to celebrities. And thanks for the ASOS shout out in What's your up, review ASOS? today, by the way. That that stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what's like so in yeah, future? Like, what talking would be the to people. So like, I love talking to people. So like, that's why that's cool. I love drawings. So that's why the Tumblr and the illustration projects are cool. You know, I will say the one thing about being freelance is that it gets lonely. Um, there's a lot of freedom, and it's phenomenal that way if you have a lot of projects. But it's nice to have a group of people that are like your family and that you have private jokes with and that you know will back you up and that you look forward to So is that your f- kind of squad of freelance writers or is it who are also freelancers or is that you know, a group funny. of friends? We, we have our own little club, but, um, but yeah, I think that in the future, so in the future, I'd like to get back in some way to having like an official crew you okay. know I miss I miss being part of a squad I really launch, do I, I can see you launching something I think that that Hillary is, Clinton's uh, I think that's that big like special project when she gets elected president or you something. think I'm going to work for Hillary Clinton <laughs> 
I reckon the sky's the limit with you. That's really nice of you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> I, um, I think that what I would like to do in the future is um, I would really like... I'm working on a novel, and I'd like to finish that. I am going to launch something. Uh, I've been talking about it for a while, and um, it's going to be small at first. But I'll give you guys a hint. It's going to sound crazy. Not like the rest of this interview sounded very sane. I'm really <laughs> sorry, guys. I, you can always email me if you Don't have apologize. actual questions. Um, okay, so I don't know about you, and maybe I'm not allowed to say this because you're an online retailer, but I'm sick of looking at my computer every day. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of reading things on my phone. I'm sick of looking at a screen. I feel a little bit numb. And so I think that when I'm done with my novel and when I start wrapping up, you know, the projects that I'm working on now, I think that you guys might see something that amazingly exists on paper. Um, and you can pass it around. You can hide it under your desk at school the way I used to do with magazines. Um, you can cut it up because it's beautiful. And, um, and you can use it or not use it, you know, to, to keep your own creative dreams going. Amazing. I, yeah, that's the hope anyway. So you, we've, got, we've got a scoop. I, I, well, <laughs> I don't, nothing, believe me, nothing's happened yet. Um, wait, there's one more thing. Crap. There was one more thing that was totally hot that like is happening. Oh, okay. So the other thing is um, maybe, maybe uh, this fall I might be teaching somewhere. You might be able to take classes with me at a university. Um, and we'll see how that goes. It'll either be the most brilliant thing or you'll leave feeling like you have an atomic fireball candy in your brain but I mean we'll you'll see we'll Amazing. podcast it well I'm sure if anyone can do it you can what so. about you oh this isn't ha. about me now we this get to ask her questions no 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 we're wrapping up now oh, oh great now I we're hate wrapping up you guys wait before we this. sign off I just have to tell you that our podcast what are, are you our podcast engineer Warren Warren okay Warren. podcast engineer extraordinaire he is an extraordinaire he also has I'm not kidding you he has a My Little Pony tattoo like a brony tattoo I think it's the bad guy I only watched it once is it the bad guy on My Little Pony sort of Nightmare Moon Nightmare Moon that's Maybe. what he's got it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid pony. Anyway, it's very cool. You're right. Um, it's a high little pony. <laughs> and one more thing about that. His name is Warren. And if you have not seen Empire Records and you do not know why the name Warren is so awesome, get thee to Netflix. You heard it here. That's Thanks, it. Farron. It was really fun. Thank All right, you. Uh, come visit me. And um, thank you so much for, for following and for liking and for asking questions. And um, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing, and it's really important. It, and it's not even about candy or ponies, although that's great. Okay, listen. If I could give you guys one, one piece of advice that's more important than any other piece of advice, way more important, it's this. When you guys are coming up, whether it's at school or in the beginnings of your careers, there are going to be other girls. Some of them you're going to like. Some of them you're not going to like at all. And they're going to get farther ahead than you in the beginning. And you need to know that success isn't really a race. 
and that if someone gets something great, that does not knock you out of the running for something great on your own. And that if a girl who's a little bit like you or a lot like you gets something, that means that there's an even bigger chance that you are going to get something too. So, you know, it's hard and you, no one can tell you how to feel. You can feel jealous. You can feel angry. You can feel frustrated if you see people around you that maybe either aren't as talented or aren't as hardworking or aren't as short. I'm short, so I'm sensitive about that. Um, you know, getting opportunities right away their success is going to be your success and your success is going to be their success. So please keep supporting each other no matter okay. what you do. I'm going to jump right in there. Yeah. So I think that's an amazing place to end. It is. <laughs> and thank you so much. Uh, thank you it's guys been so much really for having great me. Having you. Thanks, I Farron. hope it wasn't too scary. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> so that was Farron Krenzel talking about her many big ideas. Tune in next week to hear the next My Big Idea and check out previous episodes on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.